Cryptographer Bruce Schneier once said that only amateurs attack machines, professionals target people. And yet, how far should we be blaming humans for the breakdown of our cybersecurity? This is our topic on today's cracking cybersecurity podcast. I'm your host, Anna, editor at TICE, a leading site for cybersecurity professionals and enthusiasts alike. Joining me on this episode is Flavius Plezu, former CISO at Bank of Ireland and co-founder and CEO of OutThink, a platform which is transforming the way companies are engaging with their employees. Many organisations push out some sort of security awareness training, simulated phishing emails or bright, amusing posters relaying the importance of cybersecurity. But how effective are these traditional methods? Could they, in fact, be doing more harm than good when it comes to building a good relationship between the workforce and security teams? Here is Flavius explaining why we should be reframing the conversation around what is expected from humans and why we need to be talking about managing human risk rather than behavioural change. In my view, it's not even about changing human behaviour. I know that's what we're all after. Can we push sufficient knowledge into the organisation by way of posters, workshops, security awareness, training, emails, generally one-way communication? Can we push sufficient knowledge out there so that we turn our people into almost cybersecurity experts and hopefully that's going to, to change a shift in behaviors and we're going to see more secure behaviors. I, I think that assumption is flawed entirely. So I think in terms of chasing this behavioral change, I think the conversation should be more around managing human risk. We need to be able to clearly identify, understand, measure behaviors in our organization. It's not sufficient to say we have a good understanding of behaviors at a general level across different industries. Uh, we would like people to use stronger passwords. We would like them to take five and, and think before they open an attachment. That, that's unrealistic in itself. And of course, it's not enough. We need a clear understanding of, in my organization, in, in this bank today, how are people behaving? Who is still clicking on links? Who is not classifying and encrypting confidential attachments? Who is still um, clicking on links they receive via social media, attempting to visit uh, maliciously known blacklisted websites? Who is sharing information across uh, different teams outside of the organization? Who is sharing that confidential information they shouldn't be sharing? Without this understanding, we are, we are not going to be able to, to manage that human risk. We need clear measurements. We need numbers. So, so how, how are you um, hmm. supposing we measure this? Of course, there's a certain degree of monitoring that already takes place in organizations. We, we have data from uh, email DLP solution, from web filters, from endpoints, uh, um, agents on those endpoints, um, monitoring network traffic. That already takes place. What's not taking place and what, what I think really... Uh, brings in terms of innovation is an ability to bring all these uh, data feeds together, aggregate them alongside uh, the more subtle measurements uh, such as measuring human perceptions, uh, extracting uh, information from employees through this concept of human sensors, uh, um, measuring engagement rates, levels of interest, bringing that all together uh, so that we can have that risk score per employee, per business unit, and even be able to identify high-risk behaviors in our organization 
today. We need to be able to show how what we are doing today, all, all the investment that goes into these posters, workshops, security awareness training, phishing simulations, how is that translating into better behaviors in my organizations six months from now, how the, the place we're in, the current security posture, is, is much better than, than what we had in terms of a security posture six months ago. I mean, what do you think about training? Is it one size fits all? Because I, I noticed that, I think it was on LinkedIn, you posted something about your dislike of phishing emails or, or how to fish your employees not being a good strategy. Tell me more about that. Great question. Thank you very much. Um, that, that gives me the opportunity to clarify uh, two things. On the one hand, as a vendor, Outthink provides security awareness training and we run highly specialized, expertly managed phishing simulations for our clients. Um, so, so in a way, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't be even saying these uh, approaches are ineffective. But I, I think what, what I'm really saying here is um, these traditional approaches um, are not the full answer. If, if all we're doing is running more security awareness training and running more phishing simulations, uh, we will keep finding ourselves in the same situation. Another fact is that those 90.8% those of companies that the ICO shows have suffered a data breach caused by human behavior, those companies were already doing, the vast majority of them were already doing phishing simulations and awareness training. Did that prevent the breach from happening? Of course it didn't. There's no way that could have prevented it. So I'm saying it's good. There's, there's better ways we can run these things. Uh, in terms of phishing simulations, uh, I, think, I think, yes, uh, th that's a good point. And it wasn't actually a point I was making. It, it was one which uh, Professor Angela Sasse, our chief scientific advisor, was making when she said that running phishing simulations really uh, damages the trust relationship between the workforce and the security organization. What we found to be uh, very successful with our clients uh, was that we are announcing these phishing simulations and we are even telling people we're giving them a choice to opt out. And when we do that, two wonderful things happen. One is um, the, the, the way people feel about it changes completely, where before they were anxious and they, they felt that someone is trying to catch them out potentially and their name will be on a list uh, of people who clicked, of people who are not really good at this. Um, now, allowing them to opt out and gamifying the whole experience, telling them, look, guys, this is really a way for you to self-assess how good you are at spotting a, a phishing email and you'll be competing against your colleagues, uh, against the other departments. Uh, people really get excited about this stuff. So uh, they, they, they want to stay in. We're typically seeing a no more than 5% opt out. The rest... Over 95% of the, of the workforce, they stay in, they're, they're engaged, they're, um, they're enjoying this, they're, it's all gamified, they're, they're competing against their colleagues, and in the process, we've seen them report actual attacks on organizations, actual phishing attempts. So, um, so you're teaching people to be more curious about what they see, because we're, we're, we're encouraged, we're a click culture, we're encouraged to click, we're encouraged to be productive. 
I, you know, if I receive an email from my boss, of course I'm going to go, okay, sure, I'll do this task and I'll click the link. So is that what you're doing? You're encouraging people to, to think before they act? Do you think that's enough? No, I don't think it is. And, and you know, there's this advice. I'm not exactly sure where it originated, but uh, we've been telling people to take five, to think before they click. Um, is that realistic? We get tens, hundreds of emails in a day. What would that cause the organization in terms of productivity if all of the employees were to follow that advice and take five minutes before they click? It's unrealistic. People will not do it. The more unrealistic advice we give them, the more they, they realize it's okay not to follow the advice, uh, the, the, the wider that gap gets. And instead of building trust and driving engagement, we are really disengaging and, and we are losing the workforce. Amidst all this, what's the role of the CISO? In my experience, uh, CISOs uh, need to be clear about the fact that they cannot make the organization secure. They can improve, they can make it more secure than it was six months ago or last year. It's not going to be bulletproof. Um, CISOs do not have superhuman powers. Of course, a really good CISO can uh, help mitigate risk, um, can deliver really effective security, can demonstrate good return on investment. But at the end of the day, there's no such thing as bulletproof security. So I think CISO, first of all, need to admit to their boards, to the organization, the people in that organization, we, the security department, we cannot deliver perfect security. Everyone has a role to play in this. And once we've said that, the immediate ne next thing to say is, we are not asking you to be cybersecurity experts. Equally, we are not asking you to display superhuman powers. It's, it's rather simple. We need you to accept you have a role to play in this. We need you to work with us. And, and this, of course, goes back to building trust and driving that engagement. Um, and, and it's quite simple. These people are not going to be able to, to detect an attack and prevent it from happening. They're not going to be able to see through links. They're not going to be able to see through attachments. They're not going to be able to take five. They're not going to be able to use strong, unique passwords, never reuse them, none of that. But people actually, they're human sensors. People handle information, they access systems, they share information with their colleagues. They will see the early signs of an attack. If we build trust and drive engagement, we, all, all we want people to do is uh, react and, and let us know something is happening, you're seeing anything suspicious, please get in touch, please work with us. But for that to happen, people need to be able to trust the security organizations. We're not there to spy on them, we're not there to, to test them, to fish them, to catch them out. Or to shame them, yeah. I mean, how can the CISO work better with the employee? Some say it's about visibility, some say it's about just having human conversations and getting out there and baking cakes, you know, just to gain that dialogue. And many CISOs do bake cakes, and, and that's great. Um, many CISOs go out there, they're very approachable. Um, they deliver cyber executive briefing sessions, um, cybersecurity awareness months, workshops, and that's really, really important. Uh, of course, the other aspect of it is how much of that can realistically be done. If we talk about large, complex organizations geographically uh, spread with thousands, tens of thousands of people across, across different geographies, how, the CISO will not be able to sit down with each and every single one of the employees and have a conversation. There's a need to automate the, these conversations. Uh, we, we need to extract 
that collective understanding of how secure or vulnerable we are. So do you think humans are simple or complex? I think they're both. Um, I think it really depends uh, on us, the observer, how do we want to look at it. Um, regardless of whether they're simple or complex, uh, it's safe to say that people are extremely dynamic. Uh, the same individual may be um, displaying all the, the, the right positive security behaviors today. But of course, tomorrow the same person might be tired, might be uh, uh, stressed. Um, they might even turn into a disgruntled employee. They might be leaving the organization. They might be deciding to take information with them. Um, so of course, this, this process of running a point in time, annual security awareness training, testing knowledge, and then following up with monthly or quarterly phishing simulations is really not helping us uh, stay on top of the, 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 this challenge. So what would or what could help? Um, building, if you will, a, a sim, but for people, a human sim. And, and then putting that sim in front of the, the head of security awareness, in front of the CISO, and giving them, giving them that ultimate visibility of, of what's required to manage, the level, to manage the risk, what sort of interventions are required, uh, what individuals need, need more support, or, or what business areas need, need a bit more focus. Um, and we need to be able to stay on top of it. And Flavius, you've worked in the public and private sectors. There, there, there's a lot of talk about collaboration between the private and public at the moment. That's the way forward for cybersecurity. Do you think this can work? Of course, um, it does work already. Um, do we need more of it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I really don't think this can be led by a vendor. Um, I, I think it really needs to be led by the industry, uh, possibly led by the government. So there's a number of industry uh, forums, um, there's a number of initiatives across, across different industries um, which are producing uh, excellent output. I think CISOs and the security industry as a whole, I think we really need to raise the bar um, and expect more. I think we really need to challenge the, the status quo. I mean, Einstein said it beautifully, if, if we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that is the definition of insanity. This is what's happening in, in this space. Uh, when, when we look at those um, traditional approaches to security awareness, to phishing simulations as a way of managing human risk, and we're constantly seeing that not being effective. Are we still going to do more of the same and expect different results? Are we still going to do more of the same and expect different results? Definitely something to think about. That was Flavius Plezu from OutThink, challenging the status quo when it comes to managing the human factors involved in information security. And that's all we have time for this week. You can keep up to date with our news, our videos and features via Twitter on at Tice, that's T-E-I-S-S. Thanks for all your reviews and feedback on the podcast. Please keep them coming in. For now, it's bye from us. Join us next time for more Cyber Conversations.